Hi, everyone. This is the I Care About You podcast, and I'm Juliana J. And today we're going to talk about reading people or tapping into people when, especially you're in an argument or an altercation with them, something like that, to just kind of give you a little bit more peace in a conversation. I feel like a lot of times people, when I'm in an altercation or an argument with somebody, it's very uncomfortable. I don't enjoy it. I don't want to be in that conversation with them. I don't want to be having this altercation with them. I just want us to all get along, you know, which is not part of the human experience all the time. It's great that we can get along as much as we do, but there are times where we're going to have disagreements and not be able to fully understand the person that we're arguing with. And I wanted to just give you this simple little tip. It's one of many when dealing with folks when you're in arguments or altercations or even people that you have relationships with that are ongoing where there is a lot of frustration, especially as we go into the holidays like we're about to do, you find yourself in groups of people, whether it be office parties or family get togethers or Maybe you're going to a reunion of some kind or something like that. Or maybe you just have these people in your life that you're trying to deal with challenging folks or folks that you have a long history with that really is challenging at times. And you become frustrated with their conversation quite often. And it becomes a barrier in your relationship. Now, I'm not saying you stay in relationships that aren't good for you, but some relationships we can't really let go of so easily because honestly, maybe we're related to those people or maybe somehow they are connected to us in our work world or in our friend groups or maybe we live next door to them or whatever the situation may be. And I really feel like so many times throughout life that I've had these ongoing frustrating relationships, if I'd had this one tool, this one tool, although there would still be engagement and frustration, I would have had better clarity about the person in general. So I learned this recently on a flow speaking masterclass with Dave Rock and He was talking about quite a lot of things, but one of the things that he talked about that I thought a lot about, and I kind of tweaked it a little bit to work for me, is this ability to sink into your heart in in a conversation that's not going that well. And I, I don't think he was really putting it in terms of conversations that aren't going well. He was just saying in general, but I thought this was such a wonderful tool when having challenging conversations that, and I tried it out, you know, I tried it out. Not that I go around having lots of challenging conversations, but I just tried it out in general when I was out in public this weekend of trying to tap into it. You kind of tap into your heart. What is your heart saying? right now. Take a few breaths, close your eyes and really sink into your heart. Imagine yourself in that heart space, like in that space. And what is your heart saying to you? What do you need? In other words, you can do this anytime you're feeling like really stressed out or you're feeling a fight or flight situation or you're feeling unsure about what the next step is. It's really, really 
important to take some time to sink into your heart and hear what you're saying to yourself. I think that that is so huge. It really helps you make decisions you need to make in life, the right decisions you need to make in life. It it brings clarity to yourself and your own needs because I think that in modern society, we so often don't know what our own needs are. To be able to kind of take a moment to tap into that every once in a while, if you can do it once a day, it's really profound and helpful. And then maybe journal about it, write it down so you don't forget, because if you're anything like me, you will forget. So write it down so you can go back to it and look at it later and see, is this a reoccurring theme? Was it a one-time situation? What uh, made you feel that way in your heart? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Just learning how to tap into yourself for a moment, and it usually takes about three to five minutes to do this. So it doesn't take that long. You can do it like if you take a break at work, set a five-minute timer, and just do that for five minutes. Sink into your heart. Close your eyes. Imagine your heart space. What's in there? What What is your heart trying to tell you? And kind of hone this skill so you can do it. It becomes easier and easier. You don't have to get so centered and grounded. You can kind of stay in that heart space, which is where your authenticity lies, and be there in a sense that is also kind and nurturing to others. Some people say they're in their true nature and they're actually quite mean normally. And then they use that excuse to be that way rather than deciding how can I say this so it will be received with grace. They don't do that. They just say, well, my authentic self is to be a little direct. And that's not really, I don't think, that is not really the true essence of conversation. I think there is a great talent in tapping into yourself and what your heart needs And being able to express that in a way that it can be heard to whomever is listening to it. That is so, so, so important. And I think we forget that. I think a lot of people who've had a lot of people mistreat them throughout life tend to feel that direct conversation is their true authentic self. But perhaps behind that direct conversation is a lot of pain and insecurity, where they feel like, if I'm not direct, I won't advocate for myself. And if I don't advocate for myself, I betray who I am as a person. So therefore, I'm going to be a very direct communicator. And I understand that belief system. I truly, truly do, especially presenting as a female You tend to get a lot of people not taking what you have to say seriously. And I'm sure that is, that is, I know that is true for other folks who are BIPOC and not presenting in the mainstream category or the category that is most accepted in that society. You often find yourself not listened to, and that creates a huge amount of pain. And we tend to then have more direct conversation because we think that is the quickest way to being heard. But in all reality, that direct conversation, that directness may 
may be doing more harm than good. It may be that by being direct like that, you may feel powerful in the moment or you may feel like I really told them what I think, but have they heard it? Did they really, really hear you? Or was directness actually hurting you? There definitely is a nuance to the conversation where you want to be able to express yourself with conviction, with integrity, but you also want to be heard because just expressing yourself doesn't really solve the issue if you're in conversation with somebody else or you're having a challenging discussion. It won't really help you if you aren't being heard. It'll just, you'll just walk away being even more frustrated than you were before. Learning to tap into your heart and what do you really want out of this conversation? Is it just to be heard? Is that all you want? Then concentrate on that as communication. Is it that you really need this thing to get done and you need someone to do it and no one's listening to you and that's frustrating? Is it that you're clinging so tightly to your way of doing it because you want to prove to yourself you're knowledgeable? Maybe then you need to reflect on that a little bit more. So there's all kinds of things that we think we're doing when we're responding to conversations that might not necessarily help you really address what's in your heart and really be heard. So being able to tap into your own heart space and go, what, what, what do I need here? What do I need? What is the essence really of this conversation? Maybe it's not about the fact that my partner isn't doing the laundry and that's what we're arguing about. Maybe the true thing is my partner is not doing actions that make me feel they care about me. Maybe that is the true essence of the conversation, not the fact that they aren't doing laundry. I don't know if you can see it, but can you see that cute little face behind me? Aw, so adorable. Anyway, that is really the power of being able to tap into your own heart space to be able to see what do I really need out of this conversation? What am I really trying to say? Is this argument about the laundry just an end product? But what I need is much bigger than that, or not even that. Maybe I'm just mad at that because it's easy, but really I'm mad at the fact that the person never does this or that for me or doesn't have true conversations with me. So this argument about the laundry is getting them to have a conversation with me, even though it's not a conversation that I want. What is your heart really telling you? And just to pause and go inward and ask yourself can be really powerful. You can find out things about yourself you didn't know. Like I didn't know that it was really important to me that people say sorry. I didn't know that I needed that closure when something happened. I needed some closure. I needed to not be the one that says sorry every time and then that be the end of the conversation ever. I mean, I actually felt like both people could can say sorry. But if I'm always the one saying sorry, then it doesn't matter what the conversation is about. I'm just trying to get that person to genuinely care enough about me to be sorry. That's my, what I'm categorizing as someone caring about me is to genuinely be sorry when they've hurt me. And if you never get that, 
you start creating arguments to try and get it. If I had been able to tap into my heart space at that time and really realize what these conversations were about, I could have stopped that like 20 years ago. But I let that be a theme in the relationship for 20 years that I'm in an argument with somebody simply because I want them to show me that they care about me and they don't. I never thought about, is their inability to say sorry, something that is they're working through or they need to work on? I'm just mad because that I'm not getting sorry. That need got lost over 20 years of ridiculous arguments about nothing really. The power of being able to tap into your own heart is really, really helpful. It helps you define who you are, what you need, what you care about, what's important to you, and how you want to conduct yourself in life. It also gives you the compassion to have conversations where you can be heard by another person and to be able to advocate for the actual needs that you have And not some need that's just clouded because I need you to do the laundry, but that's not really what you need. You really need something else. That's a really important skill. And I think that if you can do that once a day for three to five minutes, you will be amazed at the things you realize about yourself. This That's a tool for those conversations because it helps you really identify what am I mad about? What is really going on here that I need to talk about? What do I really need? What do I really care about? What is really important in this moment to me? What do I need to walk away and feel okay and be able to let go? What do I need if I don't get that so I can still have resolution? Going inward into your own heart space allows you to work with all those things that you were never able to work with in arguments prior. Now, here's the hardest part of this heart space situation when you're in an argument or having a problem with somebody or you're about to go to a family dinner or something like that and there's always conflict. Now, go inward, but have your heart ask the other person and they don't have to be in the room. They can be like anywhere in the world. Have your heart ask the other person's heart, what do you need? What does that person's heart need? It's incredible, but the heart will tell you. It's shocking. I'm telling you, I was blown away. I did that for a week. I was like, okay, what is that person's heart asking for? And I I just kind of did it silently at when I was out in public or if I was with a friend or in a group or sitting by myself at a coffee house or sitting inside thinking about my neighbors. I went through all the neighbors I know on my street and I thought like, what is their heart telling me? And it's really, really a beautiful, beautiful exercise because you realize a couple of things. One, A lot of people are just like you with the same fears, concerns, desires, wants, regrets, et cetera. Two, you can harbor some compassion for the folks and you have to go beyond a petty thought about the person. Like if you have a really hard neighbor and they're really, really hard, like say there's a neighbor who's always telling you your yard looks stupid. When are you going to change your front door? I mean, my front door right now is super ugly. 
It is super ugly. I hate it. Every neighbor tells me how much they hate it too. And I'm trying to source a door, but I haven't found one yet. Anyhow, instead of taking that neighbor who's always picking on what your house looks like, or maybe they're always mad at your dog or something like that, have your heart ask their heart, what do you need? What's calling? What's there? And I mean, I was really peeved at this one neighbor who was always saying something about the dog, which I mean, can you see the dog? The dog is like a five pound dog. Is it barking? No. When it would go outside in the backyard, one of its greatest joys is to chase squirrels and bark at them on occasion. It would happen maybe once a day, usually later in the day. And he didn't like that. And that kind of made me mad because I felt like, you know, the dog's on the earth to live its best life too. And if it gets joy chasing a squirrel for 20 minutes, then why can't it have that joy? It's never supposed to bark. I really thought the person was super pompous to be able to do that for a long time. I thought like, well, he has some nerve. I mean, He's very loud when he plays guitar and I don't want to necessarily hear the songs he's playing and he plays for hours and sometimes, you know, like this much of the song, like two bars of the song over and over and over again. And I used to not care that he did that. But after he said that about the dog, I started defining all the things that he did that I didn't like. And in my mind, I had made it, I had made him up into this person that he, he isn't. He's just dealing with fears and insecurities. And when I asked myself, what is his heart really saying to me? I realized that he's just looking for connection and he's also looking for control, that he is having an issue with control. And that's just so sad. It's sad to be so consumed with control that you're going, you're, ruining relationships with neighbors or not allowing change to come in when necessary or not having capacity to see that you're sharing the planet with others or whatever it is that the need to control because you feel internally you're so out of control, which might be a lack of self-esteem or something more, or maybe it's trauma or something like that. I was able to really have a lot of compassion for him. And I went back to being able to see him as like just this neighbor that lives around the corner that's a guitarist and he plays and he likes things quiet. I get it. But if he talks to me about the dog again, I'm just going to say the dog needs 20 minutes of pure joy a day. And that's okay. It's okay to have that. When would that work for you? Okay, that time works for me. Or that time doesn't work for me. I'm going to let the dog do it at five when no one's working from home anymore. And that's freedom because everyone's children are out in the backyard playing too. And so it won't be as distracting as say it is during the workday if you work from home. I can be giving that way. I can be the give and take that way. And I don't have to view that person as somebody that's out to get me or anything like that, which I was doing before. So it's just this huge superpower. I'm telling you, it'll be crazy. It just, if you're commuting and you're on the bus or something, just look at a random stranger and think to yourself, what is their heart telling me? Or somebody at work that's frustrating. What is their heart telling me? Are they insecure about what they're doing? 
Are they really struggling with a personal situation? And learn to have compassion for others and to not think everyone's out to get you. Every negative conversation you have, you have to be very direct and saying your thing and they're an enemy and I don't like them and these other negative aspects that you might come up with by just allowing this external brain to categorize them negatively or what they're doing negatively or whatnot. Now, of course, if somebody's doing a really severe negative thing to you, that's a different category. I'm just talking about how do we exist together with folks that don't share our same viewpoint and that might push our buttons? How can we exist with them? And how can we phrase things in a way that they might be able to receive them and hear them? That's very, very important. And if you use your heart space to tap into what your true needs are, and to tap into what the other person's true needs are. You will find your conversation becomes a little bit more compassionate, a little bit more empathetic. And even if you have a boundary about something, which you should, boundaries are important. Even if you have a boundary about something, you can still communicate in a way that is caring and compassionate towards the person. It's hard but you can still do that, or at least inside of your own brain and your own heart and your own mind, you can understand that that person is a human and they're struggling too. And they have their own demons that might be much larger than yours. And you're just trying to exist in the same space as them and work through things. And what does your heart need? And after a challenging conversation. Also, go inward. What does your heart need right now? Is your heart racing and you feel like you need to run away? Do you feel very disappointed? Do you feel excited that the conversation went good? Do you feel horrified about where the conversation went? Whatever it is, what's in your heart? What do you need? What do you need? Do you need 10 minutes to regroup? Do you need 10 minutes to smile? Do you need a hug? Do you need someone to say, I understand what you're going through? Do you need to hug the other person that you're having the challenging conversation with? Do you need to shake their hand? Do you need to never see them again? You know, what is it? What does your heart need? And if you can, give it to yourself. Give it to yourself. This is a real skill I'm talking about, being able to tap into your own heart space about what you truly need, not what's on the surface, but what's deep down behind your feelings are your feelings of being mad or angry, what's really there. And we're going to, in a future podcast, I'm going to really talk about this meditation practice you can use to figure out what that is. And it's really amazing. You're going to love it but I don't have time to do it now. I just want to show you this tiny, quick practice. Figure out what your true need is before you have this challenging conversation, if possible, or even during. What do I really need here? Once you get really good at it, you can tap in. Somebody comes up to you from nowhere and they're mad at you for something. You can immediately tap into what do I need and then work with that. You'll get really good at it. 
be able to tap into the other person's heart space. What do they really need? What's really going on beneath the surface? And how can I have more compassion or more understanding for the person, which will allow me to be able to communicate to them in a way that they can actually hear it. And then afterwards, tap into your heart space again. What do you need now? What do you need now? And if you go into a work party or a family get together, where there's people that you have conflicts with or challenges with, if you do this exercise before you go, it will help you just stay in a place of more compassion and maybe you won't have as much conflict because sometimes when you pile stuff on that you're mad at, like I'm mad at this person, I keep having this conversation and they never ever do what I want. And then we keep getting mad, I keep getting mad at them. And then I pile that incident on top of this incident, on top of this incident, years have gone by, especially family dynamics. Years have gone by and now I'm so mad at this person for never listening to me about this situation that the smallest thing infuriates me now. If you've gotten to that point, stop and think, go into their heart space, ask their heart space, why have you been doing this to me for years? What is back there? What is back there? They need to be right all the time. Why do they need to be right all the time? Maybe they're insecure. No one ever really listens to them. So I can see why they're upset, especially parents. I'll just say one plug for parents. It's a thankless job. There are moments in parenthood where you do feel like it's really hard. It's really hard. Again, I'm not talking about parental situations or family dynamics that are not healthy or toxic. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about just family dynamics in general. And I think if you can look at your parents' heart space, why they did what they did, look at your own heart space, if you can look at your kids' heart space, why are they doing the things they're doing? Why is this happening? What do they really need? What's needed here? It can make it just a little bit more easy. So I hope these techniques have helped you They've really, really helped me and they're so interesting. You'll realize like, if anything, what you'll get out of it is that you're not alone. What other people feel is also what you feel. And we're all in this human experience together. And man, sometimes it's hard, right? But we're in it together. And I care about you and I support you and I love you. And I'll see you in the next one. 